Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Great to hear the noise of sports car engines back here in Connecticut. Lime Rock Park is a fabulous venue for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and one of the staples of IMSA both in the LMS days and in this new golden era of American sports car racing. Jonathan Edwards has just gone through. John Edwards has just gone through at a 53-3. We got down to a 50-second flat this morning, Nick Tandy. I think in qualifying we'll see the 49-7 barrier broken. We mo- I don't think we're going to see that this afternoon. Jeremy Shaw joins us for the first time on the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship programme this afternoon. And... Looking back through the times, Jeremy, it's been incredibly tight. Uh, a variety of cars at the top of GTLM, which is now held by Ford for a moment before Pele goes back through again. GTD separated by less than a second for the whole field in the last session. And a championship that is, again, very, very tight indeed. Porsche have got the championship for manufacturers pretty much in their grasp of got one hand and a couple of fingers of the second hand on the trophy at the moment but in all the other categories there's plenty to fight for it is really close and uh, i think you know we're into the into well into the second half of the season now not quite uh, so far behind if you like if you like as the uh, mission pilot challenge where they're they're only halfway through the season this guy's a little bit further on than that but it, it is tight it, it's it's closer except for gtlm where the Porsches have had everything pretty much their own way. They've won all but one of the races, and uh, they're looking super strong. And any, for anybody to knock them off, them off the perch, um, you know, it's, it's, they seem to come back from whatever hole they dig themselves in the race. They've done that several times this season, but always seem to come back super strong. So, uh, but, but I think it's, it's open again here. I think uh, the BMWs were fast in that last session. Porsches were cooking so this morning. That is the fastest time of the day so far. But uh, I think it's, once again, going to be another very, very competitive race. And don't out, count out the Corvettes uh, around here. Had a long chat with Ollie Gavin after uh, Canadian Time Motorsport Park. And I've spoken to other members of the team here this weekend. And they, they weren't very happy after CTMP. And I'll be honest, I, I put the direct question. So how much of that was BOP? And they've all just shook their head and said, no, 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 no. We made a mistake. We went the wrong way. We'll own that. And we, we weren't happy with some things that we did. We tried some stuff that didn't work. But ultimately, we know we could have done a better job at CTMP. Uh, and, and a lot of that was about tyres and how they used the tyres and, and what they decided to do with the tyres and how they set up the car around the tyres. Um, and... I, I, they've got something to prove this weekend to themselves, I think, more than anything else. Corvette got their 100th, Corvette Racing got their 100th victory here. They are looking for their 100th on North American soil. Yes, still. Yes, yeah, still quite. It's been a while since they've stood on the top step of the 
podium. And that could be here this weekend. Oli Gavin is paired up again with the Swiss driver Marcel Fesler. And Oli goes to the. Thank you, Oli, for doing that. Just went to the top of the class whilst I was talking about him. He's very accommodating, is uh, Mr. Gavin. And he. Uh, Fesler got a lot of time in the car this morning and did some very quick laps. Very quick laps indeed. Dialing himself in. And I would not be surprised if that car is a contender this weekend. Tonio Garcia, see above comments. He was quick as well. And the Fords have been there or thereabouts, so those top eight are going to be very competitive. In GT Daytona, half the field is in with a chance here, as usual. As usual for GT Daytona. I've got to say that uh, it's been ultra competitive this Weekend. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. So, Ollie Gavin back to the top. Richard Westbrook through into second. Time's tumbling, 50 and a half seconds now. The new Chevy Corvette C8 road car unveiled last night. The official word about that as a race car is there is no official word about it. There's been no announcement. It was pointed out to me in these words. There has been no announcement about a new race car. 25 car will get a pit lane stop and go for a violation on the speed. 14 kilometres for the BMW. Too fast for Tom Blomqvist. Acura at the top of... GTD from Lamborghini, from Porsche, from Lamborghini, separated by half a second. And our Michelin track temperatures with Shea Adam. At the end of the Michelin Pilot qualifying session, it was 95 degrees in the air. Well, it's cooled off a little bit with the bit of haze around. It's down to 92, but the track temperature also cooling off down to 106 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry, say that again. 106 degrees Fahrenheit for the oh, track temperature. All right, so that's come down a bit. It's come down from 115. Right, okay, thank you. Yep, thanks, well, Michelin. Maybe we'll get a bit more time. Uh, t tomorrow in qualifying, and it is a, it's a Saturday qualifying and a Saturday race for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. You'll be able to watch the qualifying session, of course, live wherever you are around the world. And I, I think we're going to see something extraordinary tomorrow. The, the record... And Jeremy will confirm this because he's got these things to hand. But and I'm trying to do it from memory, which is very worrying at my age. But I think it's a 49.7 is the is the qualifying record around here, and I think we're going to see that beaten by some margin tomorrow if it's cool in the morning. Big weekend of sport, of course. Our colleague Johnny Palmer. Over on RS1, down at Barcelona, heading the team down there. And that's uh, Michelin Cup and ELMS this weekend at Barcelona with a Saturday night race running into the Barcelona darkness to keep them out of the heat of the day, uh, of the day in that very hot uh, bout of weather that they're having. The 25 has come through for its stop and hold. 
That was Tom Blomqvist for his speeding penalty. It's Antonio Garcia that set that uh, 49-7 oh, was it? last year in qualifying. That was the record you were referring to. Fastest in uh, GTD <laughs> last year was Patrick Long in the portion of 51.4. And what did we get down to this morning in GTD? I think we did a 51.8, didn't we? We're there again. 51.8? Yeah, 51.7 for 51.7. Orbelin yes, in correct. Two. And that was a little bit quicker than the morning session, which was a 51.8. Okay. Uh, they did improve in the second session, whereas the GT Le Mans cars didn't. Uh, fewer tyres, remember, for the GT Deer Tourners. Yes. Just 10 sets of tyres for, or 10 sets of tyres for GT Le Mans. Only six sets of Michelin for the GTD cars. Yeah, 10 is certainly plenty for a weekend, but uh, six is a bit more marginal with three uh, practice sessions today, uh, another brief warm-up uh, pre-qualifying practice session tomorrow morning and qualifying as well. So uh, that's quite a bit of track time. And yeah, only six sets largely through that. That's why we, uh, we might not see all of the GTD cars running too many laps in this session. And same, I think, in the last one as well. Particularly the uh, one car that was well down the order in the last session was number 86, championship leading Maya Shank racer with Kerbag Jane and Acura kind of 86. That was last on the timing charts in the afternoon session. But I think it was, what, second quickest, was it not, in the morning? Yeah, they were there or thereabouts. Yeah. Top of the charts again here. It's going to depend whether you yeah. put a new set of tyres on, isn't it? Yeah, and how many laps so. you do. Yeah. Got long, more practice than race this weekend. Just not unique but this is a very difficult race track to set up for it looks easy seven corners but no it's not at all and the thing is as we mentioned in the early sessions this morning if you are just joining us just after 10 o'clock on a friday evening in the uk just after 11 in europe and good morning to those of you getting up early in australia um because this is such a little circuit and a quick lap time Jeremy any incremental gain that you can make is so important if it's a half a, te a half a tenth here is is the top three in GTLM it is uh, you know, it, 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 with it being such a short lap here 1.47 uh, miles on it we're using the uphill the chicane at the uphill so cutting out that sort of slightly longer section of track with the uh, the very fast uphill corner it's uh, you know it's half the distance to some tracks so kind of double the gap and, and you're a little bit closer to where you would otherwise be very close this morning and this afternoon Brian Sellers has had a good day uh, farm back by the way into the pits in the 86 Acura from MSR Lamborghini in second place the 48 defending champion team and defending champion driver and Brian Sellers 0 0.088 of a second behind uh, another half a tenth further back. Zachary Robichon. Porsches were very strong in the heat of the afternoon. Uh, three Porsches together earlier on when it was a bit slick. Robichon, Imperato and Pat Long uh, were out in, I think, th second, third and fourth. Or third, fourth and fifth. Can't remember which way around it was. Yeah, and it was Pat Long also who's the defending uh, qualifying champion here. Mm. He has, holds the qualifying lap record. So, yeah, Porsche certainly suited to this racetrack yeah 
Portia and Pat Long in particular. Catherine Legg improved. She was very good in that middle session today. Got into a groove and then did three, maybe four laps where she improved. Lap after lap after lap and ended up, I think, in fifth place. Be Fourth place maybe behind the Porsches. Fifth place behind the Porsches at the end. But uh, that was good from Kat. Andy Lally and Guy Cosmo were also inconvenienced with weather and they didn't get in till the small hours of the morning. They nearly had a worse run than you, Jeremy. They got in. The higher car players stayed up. This was, you know, one o'clock, half past one in the morning by the time the plane landed. Well, the, the good news about Hart, if, if it's in Hartford, it stays up 24 hours. Yes. Ah, oh, right, OK. Yeah. So they got there, got the higher car, the chap with the higher car took the keys from them to make sure he had the VIN number and everything. They set off. Car was already started off. They set off, got six miles down the road and realised they hadn't brought the keys with them. Fortunately, they didn't stop and have a cup of coffee and turn the engine off because they would have been knackered because the keys were still back at the place because it was a proximity key. That I hate those I, well, I'd never take them out of my pocket, Jeremy. It scares the life out of me. Yeah. But then the problem is when you drop the car back off again and you're halfway back to the terminal and you go, oh, my keys are in my pocket. <laughs> Yeah, so they were both a bit late as well. Um, Guy Cosmo's interview this morning is worth going and listening to back on the on the archive. He was running on adrenaline, I think, or some kind of energy drink, perhaps. Yeah, I was shit. I talked to him during the qualifying for the Michelin Pilot Challenge TCR cars. His dad, Guy, the classic Guy Cosmo, Guy Cosmo <laughs> the first, is also here. He's not actually uh, running on energy drink or endorphins anymore or anything. He's just some sort of special person that he's still just as energized as he was this morning. John, it's kind of insane. Does for me. Well, listen, he's driving a race car. That should be uh, encouragement enough. Still 45 minutes of this session to go, and I would expect some longer runs here. Improvement last time around by Tong Blomqvist, down to 51.5, but stays in eighth position in GTLM and indeed overall. Uh, still less than a second and a half between the best GTLM time and the best GTD time. And those GTDs, Jeremy, quick in a straight line. It's going to be difficult to pass around here. When you look at the sector times, it's not a lot of difference between GTLM and GTD. And from the start of the race and any restarts onwards, you're going to have maybe three, maybe four laps if you're the man at the front of the field before you start getting into the back of the GTD field again. Yeah, I, I, quite regularly we see the, the fastest trap speeds for GTD cars very close or even in amongst the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the slower GTLM cars. Here, though, uh, there's uh, a couple of miles now between them. 148.9, the fastest for GTD. That was Bill Oberlin this morning in practice one. The fastest in GTLM was a Corvette to 153. Um, and the uh, yeah, the, sl from, so the slowest through the speed tracks morning was 152 for the Porsche uh, GTLM uh, car. And the fastest GTD was a Mercedes, actually, mm. 150. Point two, so yeah, a couple of miles an hour. Thing is that Jeremy, it depends where you get and how quickly you can get up to that terminal velocity well, down the, the San Posi Strait. Yeah. And then you get to the end of it, you're braking and turning at the same time, 
which the GTDs have an advantage with because they've got ABS. So it's, you know, it's really the pendulum of advantage swings backwards and forwards and making the passes here very, very difficult indeed. Which is why, of course, we always get great racing. And you can, you know, you get a two-second lead at the head of GTLM. You think, great, I'm, I've got it made. I'm pulling up. Oh, I've just lost that. It's gone. Two corners. Gone. Stuck behind traffic. Watch out for the pictures in our qualifying show tomorrow of the number 11 Lamborghini Huracan. What number 11, you say? Surely no. And that's the Magnus Racing car. It should be the 44. Well, it's the number 11 to honour and commemorate Apollo 11. Moon landing this week, 50 years ago. And indeed, tomorrow is the actual day. And uh, hearing earlier on from... Was that John Potter you were talking to earlier on? Um, it was. Yeah, it was John Pot Potter's wife who suggested it when they were watching one of the many excellent TV shows I've been told, by the way, if you can watch the uh, the Apollo 11 movie that uh, I think CNN's been a part of, on a big screen, it's at the movies in certain places, it's at the movie theatres, then it is worth going to see. I'm going to try and catch it when I get home because I am a self-confessed space geek. And thank you, Carol Brink, for all the stuff you've been posting this week. The Smithsonian's got the moon landing, uh, the moon landing suit back on shore again. Carol posted the uh, scan of the <laughs> moon landing crew having to fill in the customs form when they returned to Earth. Anything to declare? Moon rock and samples. Oh, OK, fine. Yep. Take that off. No duty free then? No? Didn't, no vodka? You didn't bring anything back? OK, fine. <laughs> so that number 11 car is... If you stood it on its tail and pointed its nose to the stars then you would recognise it immediately as a Saturn V rocket lookalike. But, but, John, I think you would find that the team would rather you didn't try that. OK, that's that's fine. Okay. Not until after the race, at least, eh? <laughs> it needs to be dangled. Pretty it needs cool, to be dangled after the race. Yeah, that's a cool idea, that one. No, it's very good. It's very, I, You know what? I love the teams in this paddock, Jeremy. They come up with some yeah. super ideas, don't they? Yeah. Whether it's raising money, drawing attention to good causes... Having a bit of fun, just going out there. The number 11 car, white and black, uh, with the American flag and the NASA logos on it as well. Very, very cool. And if you look at it from sort of above and behind, it really does come to life. As I say, think of it standing up on its tail, and it just does look like a little mini Saturn V. 40 minutes left. And we're into, I think, a period of long runs. Richard, Richard Westbrook's just popped out onto the circuit in the number 67 Ford. Both the Fords, by the way, in their Le Mans liveries. And the Ford Le Mans liveries this year, potentially, well, as it stands right now, the Ford GT's last turn at Le Mans for some considerable time. That's the end of the programme, as far as we're told. From Ford. That's the official word. Work going on behind the scenes, I know, to try and get some pro cars back to Le Mans. But uh, to commemorate that, the four Ford factory cars that went out to Le Mans in June ran in heritage colour schemes. The 67 is 
Now, let me get these the right way around here. The 66 is the car that, uh, the livery that won in 2016, and the 67 is a 1967 livery. Is that right? Uh, 1966 livery of the car that finished third that they felt that should have won the race. Uh, the pale blue and yes. the red stripes on it, right. yes. Okay. Not a golf racing livery, by the way. No, no, no. It, it no. is a different livery. Yes, um, correct. And then the 2016 winning livery is actually being driven by the 2016 winning drivers, which is even cooler, in my opinion. And I kind of hope it stays on for the rest of the year because the trio of winning drivers, including Sebastian Bourdais, would be reunited at Petit Le Mans, and that would be a fitting way for that program to end. Ah, nice. Very good. Um, and by the way, I finally found a team that's not running this session, and you'll be shocked to know that it's Turner Motorsports because they have, like us, done every single session so far today. So I will not get to stick a microphone under Bill Oberlin's nose and ask him how tired he is like he said I should at breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's taking the afternoon off, slacker. Good well, no, he qualified, didn't he? He did qualify in the... Yeah. Uh, in the, in the Mission Pilot Challenge just a, you know, just a few minutes ago. Well, they've done every session up until now yeah. uh, with two cars, both being weekend. run out the same pit by the same crew as well. Tony Garcia goes back out. Porsche's now second and third. Fesler back at the wheel of the Chevy Corvette number four. Vantor in the pits. Patrick Pele in the 911 in third. Uh, that lot separated by half a tenth of a second in their best laps. Fully a tenth further back, the Ford GT of Richard Westbrook is in the pit lane. Uh, and then a couple of tenths away from that is Anthony Gar uh, Antonio Garcia in the number three Chevy Corvette C7R. It's your top five, separated by three tenths of a second. Yeah, and then the Yesacron in the car number 24 BMW, the BMW team RLL, that's the car that Jesse put on the pole position very impressively last time out a couple of weeks ago at Canadian Time Motorsport Park and that car's just completed its 24th lap, I think it's been pretty much out since the start here so I think that car certainly is doing a long run and uh, this last lap time around was a 51.9 it was actually, the previous lap I think was a 51.5, the car's best lap so far a 51.1 so Jesse Krohn is certainly Long run in that number 24 car. Shea Adam is uh, watching the Corvette team looking carefully at the nose of the number four. Uh, and off a turn five at the uphill, I think, Shea. That would explain it. Um, the yellow is not quite yellow anymore. It's almost a bit dark gray. Uh, the splitter is broken on the front, and they are looking underneath the car for floor damage. There's a little bit of um, profanity being thrown around, and then somebody just leaned up, DJ just leaned up and said, no, nah, it looks okay. So uh, we'll see what they decide. But I would say Marcel Fessler just learned that Lime Rock is not as easy as it looks. If you walk around to the left front fender, yes. is there just a little rub on the outside of the left front fender as well, as if he's been run down the barriers? Uh, no. The left side is clean. It's just the nose. Ah, oh, well, not surprised. He came up the uphill at unabated speed and hit the tyre wall. Well, that That's what it. he did. Great pickup by our colleagues at TV. And they fed that through. So it's going to be the right front. The pitot tube is bent over. Uh, and at a jaunty angle. And I reckon that nose is going to have to be replaced. And Andy's going to get a 20-second, uh, sorry, a stop and hold in the pit lane for a 
kilometre an hour speeding in the pits. Well, he really wanted to get back to his crew for them to be able to work on the car, so I, I completely understand that. They've got zip ties out. Uh, the right side of the car does have quite a bit of damage to it, too, almost like the door is broken. The number panel is not illuminated from where I'm standing, but it seems to all be centred around the front of the car. Could just put a new nose on it, but Corvette Racing is going to see if they can use the yellow bondo tape that they have first to try and make it stay. Very unusual to see Marcel make a mistake. He's not running in the other series, uh, Jeremy, either. So he's not got the excuse of, oh, I'd forgotten which version of the circuit. But it looked like he just went straight up the uphill and didn't realise that there were tyre barriers there. Quite extraordinary. Nailed the left hand of the tyre barriers. Virtually unabated speed. Park plays 73 Porsche, slow, out of big bend. Through turn three, now into turn three, onto the short shoot between three and four. Into the right-hander, down No Name Straight now. Beautiful afternoon in terms of how it looks out on the circuit. And good, good crowd here for a Friday, and I think it's going to be chocker tomorrow, even with the heat. Spoke to a lot of people down at a Porsche dealer at Wallingford. Steve Gilligan and his team down there. Steve, the dealer principal, putting on a great show as ever. A couple of straight through trucks and with Porsche cars, North America supporting it and bringing Patrick Pele, Nick Tandy and one of the Le Mans cars. Yeah, that 73 car's been off as well. Big scenic route at Big Bend. Not be the first or the last person to do that this weekend. By any stretch of the imagination. They'll be checking underneath the front end of that car just to make sure. Ah, and in fact, he has just pulled off the under trait uh, at the front, has he? Or is that... Unlike Patrick, though, to... to uh, is, mm. That was Patrick Long at the wheel of that car when he yeah. went down there. That's I wonder if there was another car involved, yeah, Jeremy. Doesn't happen very often. He's getting a bit of a blow of the front vents on that car in the pit lane at the moment. Uh, now, who's just improved? Is that Cooper McNeil? No, that was the lap before. 63. Ninth position in GTD there. Tom Blomqvist has just improved. 48 comes around to complete the lap. Coming down at the final corner now in its teal and black livery. Yeah, great to see that car back out again after the uh, big incident at... Uh Canadian time motorsport, but I didn't even start the race there. So, and, and Corey Lewis is sitting in uh, this weekend uh, because of that incident. Oh, really? With uh, yeah, really? as a as a replacement, um, he he has been a part of that team before, of course. Sure. He does the long distance races. He, do, he yeah. does exactly. He does the long distance races. Did Watkins Glen? Um, oh, that was a late change, wasn't won it? Won Sebring with them last year. And uh, Ryan Hardwick, we wish him the best uh, after that uh, nasty-looking incident that took them out of contention. In fact, didn't even... Uh, they were packed up and gone, weren't they, by race day? Yeah. But the car looking absolutely spot-on. As Brian Sellers in second position at the moment by a fraction. Looks like he's doing a long run. Get some tyre and fuel numbers.
Shea has stayed down by Marcel Fessler in the number four Chevy Corvette. They are going to bring a new nose out for the number four, and uh, the crew working as one from both the three and the four. It is the four mechanics going to work on the front of this car, but the guys behind the scenes, the guys finding all of the bits and pieces that they need, are indeed the through crew, the three crews. So it's very impressive that Corvette Racing they really they preach that they're one family, but they actually are. Quick spin for the uh, Magnus Racing Lamborghini number eleven. So Pat Long's been off at turn one, unusually for Pat. Andy Lally's had a spin in the number 11. When it look, all looks fine. I think he's going to come into the pit lane, though. Yes, he is. In the Apollo 11 Saturn V tribute livery, liveried Lamborghini. 76 car on pit lane, share. Um, Matt Plum has been out in that car, but it's only done seven laps and it's still sitting on the pit lane. Could be they're just saving tyres. Uh, no, it's something a bit more. When I was down that way a little bit earlier, they were trying to figure out if they needed to push it back behind the wall. There was something with the door that the IMSA safety crew were not satisfied with the way it was closing, that the driver would be able to get it open if he needed to stop out on the track. So last I had heard, which was about 15, maybe 20 minutes ago, that's what they were working on. Still there. Get an update on that in a wee moment. 24 BMW back out on the track. Yessi Kron. And Andy Lally, by the way, had a quick check over by the team and now heads back out in that number 11. It does have 44 in grey on the roof, but it is carrying the number 11. It'll get its team and championship points, I presume, for the 44 car this weekend uh, because that's a special dispensation to run that number for Apollo 11 this weekend the 50th anniversary the moon landing is race day on Saturday 912 has been off the track for Lawrence Vanter 4 litre flat 6 grass cutting device yeah you see that's the kind of lawnmower I can get with the new evolution of that car the new RSR uh, breaking cover at a racetrack for the first time this coming week. Johnny Palmer on site for Radio Show Limited will be at the WEC Prologue at Barcelona. Hopefully get some information from him about that new car and maybe get him on Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday, 3 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock in the UK. It's on uh, RS1 and Johnny will be bringing you anchoring our coverage from Barcelona this weekend with the Michelin Cup and the European Le Mans series at Barcelona this weekend, the Circuit de Catalunya. They're just finishing their evening practice, actually. Race that will has been taken out of the heat of the day, and that's proved to be a really, really sensible move. That was a decision that was made some time ago uh, by the ELMS and since then we've had an absolute heat wave in Europe with temperatures up above 40 degrees Celsius, well into three figures um, particularly in that part of Spain, it's been very hot so that's been smart uh, the Corvette is a little unclothed Shea Adam down at the Corvette racing pit with the front ends, not just the uh, the front end, but the wings and everything, are the fenders have been taken off that car as well. Yep, they're taking a thorough evaluation of it while the new nose comes over the wall just very 
very gently now. Now, I don't know if that's actually from the three or the four because they said just bring a new nose. Uh, but the four, the four crew has done a very good examination of that whole car, making sure that it is still good for Marcel when he goes back out. But it's got the blocks upon it, and it looks a bit like a car that you would see in between maybe days, not even sessions, being completely stripped down. Corvette Racing has done all this work on the pit lane, and I would imagine that car will be back out on the circuit within about five minutes' time. Another car that came in after an off-track excursion was the number 912 Porsche, Lawrence Vantor. He brought it in. Just a couple of little flowers in the grill. No damage, and they were going to send him back out on those same tires. Now they're going to give him a fresh set of Michelin's. Interestingly, drilling a couple of holes in the uh, front of that new nose piece that's going on the number four Chevy Corvette. No clue what that could be for, because you would have thought they wouldn't have needed it to, to fix that. So maybe there's a difference between what they're doing, or they've got a, a different sensor on, now connecting up all the air intakes, etc. And it will have to come back round into the pits for a stop and go uh, because of that pit lane speed violation from Fesler. Vantor in this 912 still in the pits. 911, Nick Tandy behind the wheel. Nick's been given the qualifying duties this weekend. 9-11 uh, looking for their third win of the season. Listen in on Saturday in our Michelin countdown to green. Patrick Peele talking to us yesterday about getting even on wins with their teammates. Two to the 9-11 crew, three to the 9-12. The inter-Porsche competition there for the Drivers' Championship. Also, the nuances of Lime Rock Park. Good stuff from Patrick, and you'll hear that in our Michelin countdown to green on Saturday before the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race here on IMSA Radio. And Tandy, interesting one here, Jeremy. I talked to Nick last night about this, and uh, Tandy's been given the qualifying around here because of his... Uh, routes in UK short track racing where they do race clockwise, they turn right and he reckons this is the closest track that he races on out here to a short track and he's very, very comfortable and he's very good at setting the car up and there was talk of an asymmetric setup and weight jacking to get some more weight on the right front, all that sort of stuff last night, he was good value uh, down at uh, Porsche of Wallingford huh. That's good. he's I did make the point, if Porsche ever go into uh, stock car racing, then uh, it'll be Tandy who gets yes. the call. Oh, he'll be, certainly be angry for it. That's Would for he sure. ever? Uh, the, uh, uh, coming into this weekend in, in the championship points, the two Porsches uh, are now well clear of Jan Magnussen and Antonio Garcia, who had a disappointing weekend last time out. So there's now four points between the number 912 car and the number 911 in the championship points. So that's something that Nick Tandy would like to address and get a bit closer. But now Magnussen and Garcia, having come into, having gone into the uh, the uh, most recent weekend, just one point behind Pila and Tandy, now find themselves 11 points behind Vantor and Bamba in the battle for the championship. I'm going to let the four car speak because it lives once again, and it says, "Damage? What damage? How?" Huh. I laughed at the face of damage because the new nose is on that car. 
and Fessler's gone back out. And as you say, Johnny, we'll be back in here next lap around for the 22nd stop and hold penalty. Hollywood just checked in with the IMSA pit lane official to make sure. And I'm going to ask him what that uh, drilling was all about. It looked to me it, like they were putting in uh, brake duct covering. It was only uh, it's only stop and hold. It's my fault. Uh, it's 20Ks they were above. Uh, but a new fastest lap, and Richard Westbrook, who's been out there for quite a while, um, has just put on the 25th lap he's been out there, has just put the fastest lap of this session in. It's still not as quick as Tandy went this morning, Jeremy. That 50.3 then, uh, the uh, leading time now in this session, is that we've now certainly got four tenths of a second now covering the top four in this, uh, in this final practice session of the day. As you said, the fastest time earliest there, 50.065 for Nick Tandy in the number 911 car. And the second quick was Antonio Garcia, the 50.3. So uh, Richard Westbrook's time in this session is the quickest of the Ford so far today, but not quite as quick as the other two went earlier on. Just a couple of things to tie up. First of all, that wasn't a drill. It was... Uh um, a wrench, effectively a, a powered screwdriver type wrench that was locking down a couple of fastenings on the front of the, the number four and Fessler's been in for his stop and hold and now rejoins back to Big Bend and, and secondly um, and thanks to Greg Elkin for this for uh, giving us a shout um, yeah the 44 points uh, the 44 team will get the points accrued by the 11 car this weekend it makes perfect sense. It's something that's been done as a uh, in recognition of the Apollo 11 moon landings. So quite correct. And that car's in fact just been pushed past us at the moment. It's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that is You've cool. got to look at it on your side, Jeremy. Yeah, so, it's, very cool, <laughs> it's fantastic yeah, stuff. It's very angular, isn't it? I mean, it has that. Uh, it does have a spaceship look. look. Yeah, 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 it does absolutely right. Cool. So, yeah, whatever, whatever points that number 11 car gets will be added in, in team ways to the 44 in the, in the team championship, which makes perfect sense, doesn't yeah. it, when you think about why it's been done. Absolutely agree with that. Well yeah. done, Imsa. Yeah, well done. Absolutely right. Yeah, third fastest, uh, Andy Lally, then in this session. Uh, 51.9, just a, exactly a tenth of a second away from the fastest time in this session, which is Mario Farbacher in the number 86. Accuracy so that car back up to the front again having spent, I think, the second session on, on old rubber, just getting ready for the race tomorrow. And talking of that, uh, Jester Crone has just completed his 42nd lap in mm. this session. So uh, no peace there. The two BMWs have done more than uh, everybody else. He's done 43 laps. Blomqvist, his teammate's done 40. No one who else next is 37 for Matt Campbell in the number 91 right motorsport Porsche. Good to see that team back in IMSA action this weekend. Matt Campbell and making his debut in the IMSA Red Dirt Sports Car Championship, Anthony Imperato. Jay. They're having an early night tonight since they have a rocket launch tomorrow for Magnus Racing. There's no <laughs> problem with the number 11. They're just pushing the car back to the garage to give the guys a little bit of a head start on their prep work. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, very good. We're going to keep that going all weekend now, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Very, very cool. New I hope they do a model of that car because it'll sell like hotcakes. Yes, it really, so. really will. New fastest time. Lawrence Vantor goes oh. to the top. 50.158 for well, the 9 like like championship it. leader. Uh, and another Porsche going quicker. Pat Long. Uh, and he 
has just improved two laps running, actually. Uh, was sixth, now fourth in that number 73 car. 51.9. See, Jeremy, the, the, the time gaps here, you know, 1, 1. 1.7, 1. 1.8 seconds between the the fast GLM, GTLM cars and the fast GTDs. But you're looking at half a second between the BMW at the back of the field and the Acura at the front of the GDD field. That's nothing. It isn't, is it? Nothing in at all. Interesting too to see the, the I think the, the, were the two BMWs quickest in the session earlier on this afternoon, were they? The and GTD, yes, yeah. Well, for most of it, maybe and for most of the session at least, and then this, this afternoon, both can concentrating on long runs. They're at the back of the pack, I and mean, that just shows you how closely matched the field is. I think because just on different agendas during the se- sessions today. Yeah, and still no laps turned, no further laps turned by the 76 Compass car. She was seeing they were battling a door problem. The car's still on the pit lane. Well, that hasn't moved in quite a long time. Maybe. Oh, has it gone back behind the wall, Cher? Uh, let me hang on, let me turn you up. I had to flip my mic on too, so both of us. Um, yeah, I don't see it on the pit lane anymore, and I don't see anybody on their pit stand. So I think uh, maybe Compass has called it a night too, but for less happy circumstances than Apollo 11. Okay, that's good. All good stuff. Three Porsches line astern again, then in GTD, fourth, fifth and sixth for Pat Long, Dennis Olsen and Matt Campbell. And those were the three guys who were quick earlier on today. Three very accomplished Porsche drivers, the experience of Pat Long and the two Porsche junior drivers. Matt Campbell, uh, Carrera Cup Australia winner, picked up by, seen the talent was seen by Porsche, Porsche junior driver, Dennis Olsen, Porsche Carrera Cup Middle East did really well in that also now a junior driver they keep finding them and turning them out Jeremy don't they Porsche and the, the Porsche Carrera Cup or over here the GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama is a great breeding ground and a great place for young drivers to shine well it certainly is yeah, we've seen uh, several youngsters coming up through the American series in recent years Trenton Estep is not racing this season but hopefully we'll be back next year uh, he's a tremendous talent this year we've seen uh roman deandres going very very quickly over here he's he's just getting better and better he's still only a teenager for goodness sake mm. uh and then we saw also this year parker thompson making a few starts in the usa series with the jdx team taking over that car from trendessa unfortunately he won't be finishing the season but yes yeah, a very very talented youngsters having their run in the porsches and and you know, and they they there is a light at the end of that tunnel, mm. very definitely. The Carrera Cup cars as well, if you talk to any of the Porsche drivers, they'll tell you that one of the hardest cars to drive that they've ever had will be the Carrera Cup car with uh, no ABS. 51.821 now for Pat Long as a Porsche leads GTD and a Porsche leads GTLM. We had the two GTLM BMWs leading earlier on and the GTD was capped off by the... 96 car. Well, now Porsche have done the same thing in top both classes. Pat Long improves by 0.053 of a second the lead now to Farmbacker and a tenth and a half back to Brian Sellers from Pat. So we've still got 
What's that now? Five cars within two-tenths of a second at the top of GTD, being a Porsche, an Acura, two Lamborghinis and another Porsche. Wow, yeah, that is that is tight there. But we don't have that uh, same margin like we did have a few minutes ago in GTLM because Lawrence Vantour has raised the game. He's now brought that car into the pit lanes for the first sub-50-second lap of the, uh, of the It's week. been coming. It's yep. been coming, Jeremy. 49.9. The qualifying record set here last year for GTLM, a 49.7. I'm confidently predicting that we'll see the back of that tomorrow morning when we qualify. And it is a Saturday morning qualifying, but it's a Saturday race as well. Don't let that throw your weekend out, viewer and listener. Because uh, unusually, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship will have a fourth free practice. It's called a warm-up. But the warm-up will not be going into the race. It will be going into the qualifying session. So GTD first, then GT Le Mans. Then we'll have the Michelin Pilot Challenge race over two hours. And then we'll start the countdown to green for the Northeast Grand Prix and a two-hour, 40-minute contest. Our Michelin countdown to green, including Patrick Pelé tomorrow. As well as Jeremy Shaw going through the grid for you. Once that's been set tomorrow morning and we'll have our Porsche keys to the race as well as our Cadillac in-race updates. And of course, during the live coverage of the Michelin Pilot Challenge, we'll have our Forge Line Wheels Spirit of the Race Award, which you, the viewer and listener, uh, nominate and vote for. So within that two hours, we'll remind you of that. And that is a race you can see live in sound and vision, that Michelin Pilot Challenge race. So we've got a lot of TV coverage tomorrow that will be streamed. For those of you outside the US, you'll get everything. If you're in the US, you'll get qualifying Michelin Pilot, qualifying for WeatherTech, Michelin Pilot race live, and then tune to NBCSN for the race. Or you can listen in to Sirius XM or the IMSA app or us here on IMSA Radio. Check Sirius XM for details on the channels. It is, I believe, tomorrow. It's Sirius 217 XM 202. But uh, check that, because that can change. So you can keep in touch if you're busying around tomorrow afternoon, maybe spending an afternoon in the garden. And for those of you outside the US and indeed in any territory that doesn't have a TV network deal, then just log on to IMSA.TV, use the IMSA app or indeed the player at RadioLamont.com and you can follow along with the pictures here. Looks spectacular, doesn't it, Jeremy, this place? Tremendously green. You don't get green with it. I mean... A lot of people say, oh, I'm surprised it rains so much here. Look at how much green there is. Really? Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Looks a picture this weekend. It really does. And particularly blue skies now. It was a bit hazy, wasn't it, earlier on? Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's super clear this evening. And just, it is absolutely gorgeous here. All of the super backsides clear. have been mown down. A lot of cars already parked opposite us. And there were plenty of people coming into the car corrals this morning. Just... Uh, Keep your eye on your speed. Your speed up when you're leaving tonight and when you come back in tomorrow. Now there's a lot of 45 miles an hour limits around here. 
and you'd be well advised to stick to them. Let's go down to Sheer Adam, uh, the Apollo 11 Saturn V is trundled off back to back to the pit and uh, back to the pit lane once again. Oh, is it? Yep, because I went over to ask Andy Lally if everything was okay with the car, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just packed up early." I said, "Really?" And he goes, "Yeah. Why? There's like three minutes left, right?" And then the crew proceeded to tell him just how much time there was left. And he realized immediately that he could have had a lot more laps out around Lime Rock Park. So that car has just been woken up from its early slumber. The crew not getting a nice night. And Andy no has way. taken the car back out. No way. He didn't realize how much time was left in the session when he, when he said to guys, yeah, you know what? It feels pretty good. Let's call it a night. Oops. Well, he's, he's got jet lag to blame for that one because he didn't get into the early hours. It's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> just one more session. Just one more run. Yeah, if he, if he bins yeah. that now, yeah, there'll be hell on, won't there? <laughs> there will be hell on. Uh, good stuff from the guys. What's happened here? <laughs> oh, his old timing. Yeah, down to 10 minutes. Lawrence Vanter with the best middle sector, which runs from the start of No Name straight to the crossover bridge. And then the third sector runs from there to the start-finish line. So who's got the fastest first sector then? 20.4, Probably Westie. Ah. Yes, yes. Not sure, actually. We'll see that when he comes into the pit. Pit, of course. Lawrence Vanter back out again in the nine-one-two. Fesler back out in the four after that skirmish with the tyres. I think that came out fairly even, to be honest. Well, the tyres scattered across the road a little bit on the exit of the classic uphill. Well, the front end of the Corvette stood up pretty well. It has been replaced, but that's been a race. I think he'd have pressed on with that. Very yes. bizarre, though. I mean, he, whether he just didn't know those tyres were there, missed the chicane and started accelerating. Very odd. Very odd. Very odd. Too quick. And, and amazing. I mean, he, he hit him a, hit him fairly hard. Stout, oh, yeah. Stout that, hit, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah. To cause such little damage on the car was pretty amazing, really. He managed to do... Whether this was by look or design, I'm not sure. But he managed to hit them pretty much square on and just push them. And they just pushed away from the front of the car. But what do you think he was doing there? 70, 80 miles an hour? Must have been. Must have been. Eight and a half to go. Yeah, and the number 50, uh, 24 BMW has now completed 56 laps. And the, the team... Team car, the number 25, Tom Blunkus, the wheel of that oh. car, 53. So they, they've been out the, the entire session, those two. Here's another quick Blunkus lap from Vanto coming in. Oh, yes. I lost a bit in point, the last Yeah, 50.08 that, that lap for Vanto. So that's still quicker than anybody else has yeah. gone. Yeah. Quite comfortably. Yeah, that 9-1-2 car with three wins on the season, leading the championship by 
four points from their teammates. Nick, Nick was quite funny last night. Tandy was funny last night. He said, uh, "Yeah, he said they keep telling us they've won." Th- three when we've only won two but I keep telling them we've won 18 hours of racing and then they've only won six which <laughs> <laughs> I rather liked Lally not up to speed in that oh yeah he is now yeah I was about to say the Apollo 11 car wasn't up to speed but uh, clearly the second stage is just being ignited and he's fine again now so let's have a Another look at who's doing what to whom. Ford GT in second is the Ryan Briscoe-driven car now, the 67 car. No real improvements for a wee while. 63 car coming along pit lane. That's the Tony Vlander-driven Ferrari. And they had a problem with a right rear wheel earlier on, which seems not to have slowed them down too much. Tony went out and did a very slow lap. It fell off before he got to the end of the pit lane. They bolted it back on with help from the Porsche 911 team. And then the car came round. Two Lexus out on track. Both of those are somewhere down. The number 14 car, Richard Highstand, is driving that car now. It's Jack Hawksworth who set the time earlier in the session. And that car's been the quicker of the two all day, Jeremy. Mm. I noticed that in the last session, the number 12 car was right down to, to at the bottom, mm. as it is, it, it is now as well. But I'm sure that the AIM Vassar Sullivan team, they will be just concentrating on their race race pace and making sure and the car is And not throwing tyres at it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, we've heard a few people say that. Yeah. We have had a few people say that. Last five minutes of the day on track with... Uh, Big day tomorrow for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship runners. Free practice for warm-up, let's call it. Into qualifying. Then they take a breather whilst the Michelin Pilot cars are on track. And then they're racing for the North East Grand Prix. If you've got friends, if you're within a reasonable driving distance, pack up a cooler full of water and get yourself here. It's going to be a cracker. If you can't, well, listen in. You can watch the pilot race and the qualifying first thing and then settle in and listen or wait for the NBCSN show at 9.30 Eastern on Saturday evening. Big day of motorsport on NBCSN tomorrow. Big day of sport, in fact, across the weekend. British Open, NBC looking after that. It's Royal Port Rush for the final golf major of the weekend. Of the year, should I say? And then you've got uh, Iowa. Jack, Cor- Jack Harvey is there this weekend, representing the uh, Meyer Sh- Meyer Shank organisation at the Open. Yeah, representing. Good for him. Yeah, I'm very envious. Yeah, do like a good golf cup tournament. Always have good hospitality. NTT, I think he is as well. The uh, then we've got the. NTT IndyCar Championship from Iowa, Iowa 300. And then uh, straight after that is when you'll be able to watch the Northeast Grand Prix on NBCSN. So pretty packed day of sport. Two to France running as well, of course, at the moment. 
starting to get interesting in the Pyrenees. It was the uh, individual time trial today. I must catch up oh, with yeah. that. Yeah. St stunning coverage again. Yeah, there's been a different winner every day, hasn't there? Oh, it's, the it was extraordinary, Jeremy. In the first ten stages, there were ten different winners. Just first, extraordinary. First, certainly, first eleven. Yes. Yeah. yeah eleven. Yes. yes. Seven, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm not sure. About Brilliant stuff. And, and and just the absolute high watermark of how to cover a sporting event, and it's an impossible, it's an impossible sporting event to cover, and yet they do it so well. On oh the wow. motorcycles and the cameras on bikes now, the camera on the on the back of the bike in the peloton, um, on Wednesday when I was watching was absolutely terrifying. Wow, so, so is that another? Julian Alaphilippe was fastest. What really? One today, Sage extended his lead. 14 seconds quicker than Geraint Thomas. Who's wow. a time trial specialist, of course. Yeah. yeah. The Belgian, Julian Alaphilippe. Tom Thomas had set the fastest mark, only to see Alaphilippe go 14 seconds faster. Wow. wow. The Belgian, Julian Alaphilippe, is really stamping his mark on this year's tour. F French, is it? Very good. Uh, so that was a Belgian win in the Tour de France. No, he's French, isn't he? Uh, no, Philippe is, is Belgian. Is he? Pretty certain. You might have to look it up, but I was just thinking that Van Tor would be happy about that. I'm pretty certain he is. Um, or does he ride for a Belgian team? I'll let you look that up. The. Uh, uh, no, I'm told he is French. Alan Philippe is French. The home fans going wild. The Smart 4-2 Cup at Anglesey this weekend as well. The, Apparently the really big event is uh, the Smart 4-2 Cup at Anglesey. Yep, Alan Philippe, French. Yep. Yeah, my apologies. Rise for a Belgian team then. I thought, I thought I was a BEL next to him on that coverage. You were were right for a moment about the... Driver who had the fastest first sector, but Nick Tandy's nicked that away. Ah. And now we have Porsche's 1-2. But Brian Sellers has gone to the top of GTD. So it's been a few changes there while we were talking cycling. With uh, still the 73 car in second place. 0 0.024 of a second. Sellers in the teal and black 48 hurricane, uh, Udacan. And it's 9.11 from 9.12 by a tenth and a half. Yeah, that's a great lap there from Nick Tandy. 49.7. That's yeah. right on qualifying record yeah. pace. Yeah. In the heat of the afternoon, what's that going to be like tomorrow morning? Will we see new lap record pace? I think so. Yeah. And, and, and Talking talk of Lamborghinis, I mean, Brian Seller's going fastest there in GTD, but Andy Lally came back out again. Yeah. Didn't turn a fast lap at all. In fact, no, I think it was he, a, I, I think they just slow laps. That was odd. And they came through the pits a couple of times. I wonder yeah. if they were just doing a bit of pit stop practice or something. Checkered flag is out on a long day of practice and qualifying. Practice for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Practice and qualifying for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Both series racing tomorrow, but we've yet to set the two pole positions for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Porsche 1-2 again in GTLM. And with Lamborghini and GTD, 
And the two BMWs, the cars off the pace in this session, there always seems to be somebody off the pace in GTLM. It's both BMWs this time around. But that's only because they did, they ran the entire session uh, in, in one swell foot. I mean, they didn't, no pit stops at all. I think certainly not from the number 24 car. And that's, and that's not, that's not a full, I'm, I'm told 80 laps they can do around here. And they only did 61 and 64. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's amazing. So that you reckon they bolted one set of tyres on and just pounded around. Yep. That's interesting, isn't it? Very. That's very interesting. 42-1, last lap around for uh, Tom Blomquist. He took the chequered flag for 52.1. His best lap in that car during that session. Slowest of all the GTD cars, GTLM cars, but it was a 51.3. So That's race pace, you know, after, that's after pretty 60 good. 60-odd laps, that's not bad going. You want your car to be good on your tyres at the end. And if that's what they're setting up for there, that's smart, smart tactics, yeah. even at this stage of the weekend. Nick Tandy, quickest, 49.7, 49.9 for Lawrence Vanter. Only the two Porsches underneath the 52nd mark. Now, they've not always had the quickest cars this year, but they like it round here. They really do. And that boards well for them. And perhaps badly for the rest of the GT field. Now, that said, the Ford's less than half a second away. Six-tenths to Fesla, the best of the Corvettes. Tonio Garcia, 50.6, still less than a second away. And that's on a single lap, of course, not the long runs. What I can't do is give you the average stint times, which would be really useful. Shea Adam is watching the two Porsches coming back to their pit boxes. And I would think a relatively content-looking Porsche pit lane there, Shea Adam. Yeah, pretty, very much so. Uh, Nick Tandy will be driving the 911 Porsche straight back to the garage, so he'll have to come back to this area to get his cell phone and whatnot back from his locker area. But that'll probably be after we're off air because they're still changing the tires of the 911. And I could try to run down to the 48, but I don't think I would get there in time, John. Okay, Shea, thank you. Uh, you get yourself out of the heat. Well done today. Spending the day outside, they will uh, will get the uh, we'll get the fire hose out for you. <laughs> Just to hose you down before you go back to the to the hotel. Good run from Brian Sellers, Marcus Seafried, the seventy-three car. That was Pat Long's time, wasn't it? For Park Place, Marco in for Patrick Lindsay, who is busy with his day job this weekend. Trent Hinman and the eighty-six Acura in third position. Lamborghini Porsche Acura. Top three, then another Lamborghini, Andy Lally. From the two other Porsches, hats off to Dennis Olsen and Matty Campbell, the two Porsche junior drivers, stepped up to the big leagues here and have not been intimidated whatsoever. It's kind of what you expect from Porsche junior drivers. That's why they get picked, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, young professionals, they call these days, aren't mm. they, Porsche? And those are two very talented young professionals, no question about it. Matty Cabin from Australia and Dennis Olsen from Norway. And we're going to be hearing a lot more of those names in the years to come. Absolutely agree with you. Hopefully, too. Much more over here as well, actually. Well, yeah, Matty seems to be enjoying himself and he's not backwards and coming forward about saying that to the guys at Porsche. And Porsche are pretty good about where people feel comfortable uh, leaving them there. Cracking it. Uh, we've got another one for you tomorrow that starts at nine o'clock local time. Take it easy on the way home for those of you here at Lime Rock Park. Remember those 45 miles an hour speed limits. Thank you very much to Shea Adam, to our technical team here on the track, uh, particularly uh, to the guys who set up all our equipment uh, earlier on this week under uh, Tyler Norling and the, our new team. Thanks, Brandon and Ash. 
Good stuff. And, of course, to Rob and the team back in London for getting us to the world, as well as our colleagues up at Charlotte to make sure that we get the TV pictures. Uh, Jeremy, Shea and I are going to have a little bit of a powwow and discuss how exciting it's going to be tomorrow. Oh, now we've got the answer for that. Very. Join us on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV for a super Saturday of racing from Lime Rock Park. It's all live. See you then. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.